You're listening to Fucking Sober. Day 14. I have committed to a road. Let's travel by. Hey, oh, I noticed you raised your hand. Um, if you had told me two weeks ago that on my way home from work, hey, I would uh, be practicing what to say to get a sponsor in AA, I would have told you to fucking kill yourself. But that's what's happening. It seems a lot has changed in 14 days. A lot. But also, some things have stayed exactly the same. Like being greeted by your overly happy roommate obnoxiously singing his face off. Ladies and gentlemen, my roommate, Brayden. Now, a sponsor in AA is a... By yourself in the car with the radio. Brayden, turn it down. Brayden, can you please turn it down? Brayden! Freeze, please. Let's just say I need a sponsor for an example of patience. Let us backtrack, shall we? I'm looking for a sponsor because for the past 10 days, I've been going to Alcoholics Anonymous meetings daily. At first, I kind of felt like a chump, but then someone reminded me that I went to the bar daily, and now I have all this time on my hands, so I might as well sit down, have a cup of coffee, and listen to some crazy-ass stories. And let me tell you, These people have some crazy ass stories. Also, I kept coming back because they literally said, keep coming back. And I realized some things about AA that I kind of dug. And I'll share them with you now. One, AA isn't really a club or a cult. And they say that there's a membership, but the only requirement is that there has to be a desire to stop drinking. You just have to want to stop drinking. That's it. Two, okay, people remain anonymous, but share their names during meetings. I am Danielle. Which now makes sense because basically you're not supposed to out them in public because the public be very judgy, but they can be your homies during meetings. Three, if you're new to AA, you're called a newcomer versus a beginner because apparently we're all beginners. I'm still understanding that, but the newcomer is the most important person in the room. And I like that. Four, there are books to read about being an alcoholic. Like, lots of them. Five, meetings have different formats and different topics, but basically, at every meeting, you get to complain for two to three minutes during something called shares, and you're supposed to talk about alcohol, but you can basically complain about anything for two to three minutes, and that's dope. Six, AA has a bunch of suggestions. They're not telling you how to live your life. They're just kind of like good ideas. And one of them is to attend 90 meetings in 90 days and you count those days publicly. I don't know why it's 90 versus 100 and no one seems to know why, but I kind of like that suggestion, doing something pretty consistently for three months. A dig. Seven. There's a speaker at the front of the room and they do something called qualifying and they just tell their story about how they got here. That's where the crazy ass stories come in. And for some reason, I'm really excited about telling mine. Eight, 
The day you get sober and stay sober is your anniversary date. And mine is August 5th. Nine, there is invariably always one ridiculously attractive person in AA. But one of the suggestions is not to date for the first year of sobriety. That's a tough one. 10. It makes your life easier if you have the same home group and the same service commitment. So basically learn to make coffee for a group of 20 people and go to the same meeting. 11. If you're in the first 90 days, people will either avoid you or flock to you. And that's just how it is. 12. Get yourself a sponsor because they're going to help you go through the steps, which apparently is the key to everything. And you pick a sponsor who has what you want. And I found the sponsor who has what I want. Brayden? Brayden, turn it down! Brayden? You're the worst. I'm the worst. You're the worst. What? I'm rehearsing. I know. I'm sorry. I just, I have to prep for this thing. Mm, what thing? Nothing. I'll tell you later, okay? Okay. Well, you let me know what you need. If you need to practice or anything, I'm here for that, okay? Oh, and, um, how did I sound? You sound great, actually. I know, right? I love how much he loves himself. I wish I could feel that way. I suddenly want to pick a fight. I want to pick a fight, but instead, I pause. I heard in a meeting the other day that when you stop drinking, you resort to the maturity you were before you started drinking. This would mean that I have 17 years with zero improvements to my behavior. And in this moment, I somehow believe that. I started drinking when I was 11. My best friend's mom always had a fridge full of Zima. And if you weren't binge drinking in the 90s, let me tell you that Zima is a clear, carbonated, refreshing alcoholic beverage that tasted like Sprite. And as far as we were concerned, it was Sprite. Only it gave you this like warm feeling and made laughing easier. It made me feel adult. When Maria and I shared open bottles of Zima that we knew her mom wouldn't miss, I felt closer to her than I had with anyone. Drinking and laughing, we would talk about the future. We would basically be Alicia Silverstone and Liv Tyler in the Aerosmith music video crying. Dreaming about waiting tables, dating rock stars and rappers. Oh, the big dreams of little girls. Her and I don't talk anymore. I wonder why. That's been happening a lot. Me remembering things I never used to think about. But I digress to a more pressing matter, like finding the perfect joke to find the perfect sponsor. Hey, Al, what did the buffalo say to his son when he dropped him off at school? When I was initially told to get a sponsor, I heard get sponsored, like on Instagram, where some clothing company gives you a discount code to give to your followers. I was excited about my discount code. This is not what a sponsor is. A sponsor is someone else who goes to AA meetings who has a year or more of sobriety and offers to take you under their wing. The job of the sponsor is more or less to hold your hand in the rocky waters of new sobriety. And basically, everyone is willing to be your sponsor. You just have to ask. That's where I get stuck. In the asking. Bison. He said, bye, son. 
Why was I so painfully uncool? They said to find a sponsor who has what I want, but do I even know what I want? I'm pretty sure Elle has what I want. I mean, well, I mean, Elle has amazing boobs. And I don't mean that in a sexual way, but I mean it in a covetous way. Elle is married, but she's in a polyamorous relationship. That is so cool. She has a million tattoos, but obviously some sort of a steady job because she carries two name brand bags. She lives on the Upper West Side. Yeah, the part with money. She has a dog named Jake, and she shares about him all the time. And, oh yeah, she's sober. Uh, yep. But let's be honest, I just want her to be my sponsor so I can ask her if her boobs are fake or real, and I feel like a sponsor-sponsy relationship warrants that kind of a question. I mean, clearly, she has what I want. All I have to do is ask her. I mean, she's got to say yes. Right? Hey, Elle, um, if you laugh, you have to be my sponsor, okay? Um, why does the mushroom always get invited to parties? Trust me, this is painful for me, too. We mentioned that I might have the maturity of an 11-year-old. And upon further reflection, it's also worth mentioning that the same year I drank was the same year I had my first big rejection. I was in love with Colin Miller, and I mean in love, from first grade elementary school straight on into middle school. And I think I loved him because he didn't give a fuck, even at 11. He was always in trouble, and at the time, I was always afraid of getting in trouble. That year, because I had been tying up the phone line by talking to my friends at all hours of the night, my mom gifted me my own phone line. When it came time to pass out little pieces of paper with my number on it, I wanted to give mine to Colin because the week before, he had kissed me. I made him a special note in my best handwriting, but when it came time to give it to him, I couldn't do it. I ended up having Maria do it for me and hit around the corner. I watched him take the note and throw it in the trash can. I was genuinely heartbroken. Later that night, Maria and I drank Zimas like new divorcees. And our 11-year-old body said, fuck men. Okay, so maybe we can't quite point fingers at Colin Miller for developing a trigger finger to drink when I'm upset. But I guess the question is, when was I supposed to learn those skills to get over things? If I was born a little sensitive, how was I supposed to get unsensitive? Who was supposed to teach me those things? Okay, okay, okay. Cut to 17 years later. I was even more nervous about asking Elle to be my sponsor. Elle, do you want to be my sponsor? And at this point, I had been crafting my courtship for three consecutive days. The fear of rejection lived so deep inside of me that every time I went to ask her, I felt myself get lightheaded, like I was going to faint or fart. And my mouth went dry. And my feet, instead of going towards her, went away from her and towards the six-year-old newcomer who chain-smoked cigarettes before and after the meeting. I would like to note that this woman does her full service to her community by bumming cigarettes to all of us fake smokers. 
I usually only have about two puffs of each cigarette, and I think she kind of resents me for that. See, I usually smoke when I drink or drank, and smoking sober feels weirdly unforgivable. But this feeling, this fear, felt very, very real. During your share, I kept thinking, we're twins. We're twins. Do you get your nails done at Lily's? I've never been there, but your nails look great. Lovely weather we're having, huh? Climate change is real, I guess. Pantene Pro-V, me too. I'm Anita with an A, you're L with an E. Vowel twins. Fun guy. The mushroom's a fun guy. I don't get it. Why does this freak me out so much? Just fucking ask her. And that's the shit. That's the shit to this whole getting sober thing. This this unmanageable rawness. This newness for things that used to work, like waking up and talking and eating and asking for help. So something like asking someone to be my sponsor actually felt impossible. I have committed to a road Let's travel by L, right? Hi. Yep. Uh, I love your top. Thank you for your share today. Um, I was wondering if you would be willing to be my sponsor to help me embark on my newly sober journey of self-discovery. Yeah. And I apologize if I've exposed you to my thinking. It's gonna ride. I reflected. Gold. And I'm past the point of no I had my script. The next morning, I prepped for my lunch meeting, and I meant prep. I showered, I did my hair, I put on makeup, I picked out an outfit, and I think it matched. I hadn't tried this hard in, well, I don't think I've ever tried this hard. During the meeting, I kept referring to my note. I chugged six cups of coffee filled with sugar and psyched myself up. I was two weeks sober at this point. I fucking got this. Fueled with caffeine and sugar, after the meeting, I beelined to L. I was ready. I was immediately cock-blocked by the red-headed lady who had gone on and on during a share about her resentment she has with her boss because apparently he steals all of her work. I want you to note that in the past two weeks, I've realized that there isn't an alcoholic on the planet that isn't working on a resentment. Because resentments, or... The shit that festers brings us closer and closer to a drink. A resentment is just another word for the anger you can't seem to let go of. And I, for one, understood this concept as I watched the redheaded lady talk on and on and on through my lunch break. I began to feel my first resentment for a stranger. And then I finally saw my opening. Hey! Hey, uh, L, L, L. Hey, Al, um, Anita. No, I mean, I'm Anita, but I need, um, a sponsor. Oh, sweetie, I am moving next week. I've been talking about it at the meetings. I'm so sorry. Um, we'll find you somebody else, okay? Oh, oh, yeah. I thought, yeah, no worries at all. 
at all. Oh man, rejection music. <sighs> I mean, if Al wasn't going to be my sponsor, maybe, I don't know, maybe the sober shit just isn't for me. Hey, <laughs> Nito, right? I turned around. Davis, who has been sober for 23 years, is an old timer who gives shares quoting from the big book as if they wrote it and always wore a fistful of gold rings, stood in front of me with a big smile. You have a sponsor yet? I shook my head no. Good. In the literature that was written in, like, the 1920s or something, it states that men should stick with men and women with women because they're, like, afraid of sex or something. Davis identifies as non-binary. And if Davis can make this binary program work for them and smile that big and be sober for 23 fucking years, maybe I could give it a shot too. The next question was, did Davis have what I want? Davis clearly walked the walk and talked to talk. They always clapped the loudest and encouraged the most vocally. Their smile made me feel like they had a secret to this whole sobriety thing that I couldn't wrap my head around. If this person can stay sober for 23 years, and smile that big, and attend meetings every day. Uh, duh. Fuck yes, Davis has what I wanted. At least I think I want. Hey, do do you think I can actually do this? One of those giant lumps formed in my throat, as if a bird had made a nest. (laughs) God willing, I hope so. I let out a big smile in spite of myself. You want to stay sober? Let's stay sober, but we got to do the work. One, call every night to check in. Two, read the first two pages of the big book and underline what jumps out at you. And three, write down 10 things you're grateful for every night. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fuck. I thought having a sponsor would be like having like a super responsible friend. I'm a little low on friends these days, considering I haven't returned anybody's calls. But now it looked a little more like homework. I suck at homework. You think you can do that? I remembered the night 15 days ago that brought me to where I was. And I said, yeah, yeah, I can do that. They gave me a big hug. (laughs) A big, big, big (laughs) hug. And as I tried to wiggle away, they said, let's get you a life beyond your wildest dreams. The past two weeks had been full of bullshit, and I mean full of bullshit. But right now, I felt a little bit of hope. I have a fucking sponsor. Tonight, on my 14th evening of not going to bed with alcohol coating my mouth, I took the glitter notebook I purchased from CVS that afternoon with the cover, You Go Girl, and took it into bed. I opened the first page and skipped to the second, a habit I've had with every notebook I've ever purchased, something about too much pressure to write something profound on the first page. 
Okay, let's see. Ah, list o gratitude. I always have to be a little original. Okay. Okay. Now to write things I'm grateful for. Mm-hmm. Things I'm grateful for. <sighs> this is fucking painful. I looked around. One. I'm grateful for my comforter. It's comfortable. I cross it out. Redo. I'm grateful for my bed. That works, right? I look at it and I cringe. Why is this so fucking hard? Ugh, I plow on. I'm grateful I have fingers so I can write. I'm not grateful for my shitty handwriting, though. Mm. I cross out the last part. I'm grateful I have limbs. I cross that out, too. I'm grateful I'm healthy. That can stay. Okay. Uh, three? I'm grateful for general sows. I leave that one. Four. I'm grateful for seltzer. I like bubbles. Okay. Five. Five. I see my ankles. I'm grateful I have nice ankles. I'm I'm grateful that it's summer. And um, that I can feel the sun on my face. And that I can sometimes actually enjoy it. I try to think of other things that I enjoy. Six. Hugs. Come here. I'm grateful for hugs. From Davis. Anita, you home? I crushed my audition today. I'm grateful my roommate doesn't suck. Anita. I cross that out. Anita, 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 I'm grateful I have a kind, talented, sweet roommate. That puts an unexpected lump in my throat. I'm, um, I'm grateful for Netflix and Hulu. I brought you my leftover celebratory general sow. I know you love them, honey. I'm grateful I'm not alone. <laughs> I start to cry as if someone has died. And maybe it's because someone has. <sighs> I'm getting my new You Go Girl notebook all wet and it's smudging my handwriting. It's annoying. I've been crying a lot lately. Not cute cries, ugly cries, obnoxious cries. Anita, you all right? You sound like a broken Hoover. <laughs> I'm grateful I'm not alone because I'm not. Come in. And lastly, I'm grateful I'm sober today
committed to a road that's traveled by. That was fucking sober. Day 14. Fucking sober is an eight-part serialized show. So if you haven't checked out episodes one and two, go ahead. Do that now. Fucking sober is written, produced, and sound designed by Katie Mack. Story development by Tani Lara. Sound mentorship and editing by Rebecca Seidel and Otis Gray. This episode features music by Quirk, Natasha Remy, Sax Whitmore, and Kyoki Trask. Anita is played by Katie Mack, Brayden by TJ Newton, L by Katie Burke, and Davis by Andy Lemus. All of the artists involved with Fucking Sober have their own story with recovery. For more about the music or the artists and team, please visit our website at www.fckingsoberpodcast.com. We do not have any dues or fees to listen to the show, but if you like what you heard, consider making a donation via PayPal or Venmo on our website fckingsoberpodcast.com Follow us on Instagram at fckingsober90 underscore podcast This will give you information about the musicians upcoming episodes and our team and also to find other artists thriving in recovery Fucking Sober is not aligned with any recovery group or organization and the views and sentiments expressed here are only those of the protagonist and are not reflective of everyone's experience. Thank you again for listening. And thank you for helping keep us sober today, one day at a time. <laughs>